Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another week of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Monday through Friday, five episodes a week when you subscribe to Locked On Eagles on any podcast platform. It can be Apple, Odyssey, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Gino and I are available on all platforms. I'm Louis DiBiase. My co-host, Gino Camilleri, joins me on this Monday edition of the show. And Gino, today we were going to kind of talk about what happened this morning with the Eagles. We actually have a move to discuss, but the topic of the day was going to be what moves now could the Eagles make post-draft, right? You look back at 2017, they signed LeGarrette Blunt around this time in May. They signed Chris Long in late May, early June. So that was what we're going to get into, like late free agent signings we can get into. And the Eagles did something just like that this morning, signing Ryan Kerrigan to a one-year deal. And that's a it's a move that I think... A lot of Eagles fans like considering how bad Kerrigan killed the Eagles for a long time. He has 13 and a half career sacks against the Eagles, which is the most against any opponent of any current player in the league. So the Eagles got the Eagle killer now in midnight green. It was one of those things that was like, man, Donovan McNabb is wearing a Washington football team jersey. (laughs) And it's like... Deshaun Jackson too. Yeah, same thing. Same sort of thing. Exactly. I like that you uh, posted the clip of... Brian Dawkins sacking Randall Cunningham, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it was, a couple it was of Dawkins days ago. on the Eagles, and it was Cunningham in a Dallas Cowboys jersey, which was weird. One of those things that just doesn't fit right, nope. but I'm not complaining at all because, man, we have seen just how badly he had killed the Philadelphia Eagles, and I tweeted it from the Lockdown Eagles account. I said, imagine DeMarcus Ware or Lawrence Taylor mm-hmm. wearing an Eagles jersey. Right. Like that's what this equivalent is. Ryan Kerrigan is on pace to be a potential Hall of Famer. He almost has 100 career sacks. He absolutely shredded the Eagles. And I think the best thing out of this Kerrigan signing is you have a guy who fits the scheme that Gannon is going to run, truly solidifies that they're most likely going to run a odd type of front where they have that stand-up, two-point stance type of rusher from the Mm -hmm. edge. That's what Kerrigan does, and you drafted two guys late in Patrick Johnson and Teron Jackson who mold well to that type of player, but you don't really have anybody on the roster that fills that role in a veteran presence, so why not get go, go and get Ryan Kerrigan who has just as much success against the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants? Mm Mm-hmm as any other edge rusher in the NFC East. So I think it's a fantastic signing for this late in the process. You talked about these signings that potentially could happen later on in the process. It's always Howie season. Look at the Garrett Blunt. He got signed May 20th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was literally this week and two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Almost to the day, Chris Long, same type of signing and, That's what happens, especially in this market, Lou, when the salary cap is down and a lot of these guys are still on the market when you wouldn't expect it. Like Melvin Ingram is still out there, like one of the better edge rushers. So Ryan Kerrigan, I mean, the market is flooded with these guys right now. He didn't have the biggest, he had 
I think Cincinnati and the Steelers were the two other teams that were really looking at him. So Philadelphia gets a guy who's close to home. He knows the division and he's going to be a guy that right now you should probably get a majority of the snaps for you at that position until you can really trust Patrick Johnson and uh, Tehran to really take over at that position because it's new to the, to the Eagles Mm -hmm. with Jonathan Gannon scheme. I think it's kind of it's funny that you say you shredded the Eagles. I mean, this guy literally shredded a rookie Carson Wentz's jersey oh in half. God. Remember in twenty sixteen he gave a rookie big V nightmares. Oh my his god, dude. Right tackle the debut. In Kerrigan game, bro. Yeah. I remember we talk, about, we talk about how Andre Dillard was a disaster at right tackle in mm-hmm. twenty nineteen. Well, go three years before that, and Ryan Kerrigan dismantled a rookie big V who had never played right tackle at the NFL level. So yeah, again, this is a guy that not only attacked Carson Wentz early in his career and how Vadi Vai but he gave one of the best tackles in football, Wayne Johnson, fits for years. So the fact that he's on your team instead of tormenting them is really exciting. And, and Gino, this is a move that Howie Roseman really likes to make. Since 2017, they've loved their core. Like Brandon Graham has been a staple on the defensive end spot. So has Derek Barnett, but they always like to add that third veteran, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Josh Sweat was kind of that guy last year, but you look at it, it was Vinnie Curry, uh, it was Chris Long, it was Michael Bennett, then it was Vinnie Curry again last year. They want to have three, four defensive ends rotating in. And when you can kind of compare Kerrigan to Bennett, Long, and Curry, the other veterans that were kind of your defensive end three or defensive end two, you know, Mm -hmm. that rotational guy alongside Derek Barnett, 2A, 2B, I would say he's, I think he's certainly an upgrade over Vinnie Curry. And even compared to Chris Long and Michael Bennett, I think Bennett probably was better in 2018 than what I'm expecting Kerrigan to be this year. But according to Pro Football Focus's pass rush grades, Kerrigan had a better grade heading into his first year with the Eagles compared to Chris Long and Bennett. Kerrigan last year had a 68.8 pass rush grade. Chris Long heading into 2017 was at 63 and Bennett heading into 2018 was at 68.1. So I know he's 32 years old, but this is a guy that despite kind of losing his starting job to young guys like Montez Sweat and Chase Young over the last two years, has still managed five and a half sacks in back-to-back years. So he's still very productive and pass rushers can play late into their 30s. We have always talked about this type of role, and even though it's not going to be that true like four-down, five-tech edge rusher where he's got his hand in the dirt all the time, he'll be in that position, but most of the time he'll be on the outside. He'll, he'll probably drop into some spot coverages at times. And the only reason he lost his position, Lou, is because he had Chase Young on the roster and Montez right, Sweat, first round ex- picks. Yeah. <laughs> excelled much higher than I think I would have ever expected him to. So you have a future Hall of Famer that is sitting there on the tail end of his career just waiting for an opportunity. A one-year deal for him is smart because he could still get a a two- or three-year contract after this Mm -hmm. year from a team who needs that Dwight Freeney situational edge rusher type of player, the Chris Long like we have seen, the Vinny Curry. It is a key position in the NFL. I would say it is the defensive equivalent of a swing tackle to an extent, a guy that you can come in on second and third downs and rush on those long situations and get you – if he gets you five and a half sacks this year, Lou, that's a good signing in my opinion. I mean, do exactly what he did last year. I, I would not be mad at that at all. And I think his presence in the locker room above anything else is going to be the biggest, I would say, winning factor of this signing in my opinion because it is a young room right now outside of Fletch and BG. And in two years, all of those guys could be gone. So you needed guys to mold that young 
presence in that locker room for the next generation of pass rushers. The Philadelphia Eagles signed defensive end, formerly of Washington, Ryan Kerrigan, to a one-year deal. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri getting into that signing on this Monday edition of Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Nugenics. Listen up, Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231 one, two, three, one. This unique man boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely for free. Text DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231-231. That's DRAFT, to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by Wealthfront, Stonks, Memes, Rocket Ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. and You can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. That's Wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work. For you to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Again, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. That's wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL to start growing your savings. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Monday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri getting into the signing of the former Eagle killer, now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles defensive end, Ryan Kerrigan, signs with the Birds on a one-year deal. And, Gino, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do really like the signing for all the reasons we talked about in segment one. I think I'd be a little bit more excited about a veteran one-year deal like this if it was from, you know, 2017 to 2020, considering they were in win-now mode trying to win another championship. And, look, I'm not saying – you. you've heard me on the show before say, like, veterans are part of a rebuild. They are. Like, it's not the NBA where, you know, you're – like, rebuilding means you're tanking. It's not the same thing in the NFL. Rebuilding means, yeah, you want to build the majority of that core through the draft and through young, inexpensive players. But at the same time, like you have to have veterans to win in the NFL. It's why in 2016, I love the Brandon Brooks signing in the Roddy McClown deal in 2016. But again, those were long-term deals. So considering where I think they are in 2021, a one-year deal doesn't get me as juiced, but it is certainly a good move for what you're going to do this season up front. Yeah, you have to look at this in a completely different light than you did with those signings a few years ago. And I think what you have to realize is the Eagles are going to continue to add. And if you haven't realized this yet, at both offensive and defensive line as much as possible. It is one of the positions that they don't care. They will continue to invest resources. They will continue to invest draft picks, capital and free agency, they will continue to re-sign their veteran guys at all of those positions because that is how they are foundationally built. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Lou. You cannot just have an all-rookie team like the Cleveland Browns when they went yeah. 0-16. 
to have a good defensive front and a good offensive line will help you evaluate the rest of the roster, which is so important and point. a key turnover period for this team. Because if you just have young guys out there and you can't even throw the ball down the field and you just mm-hmm. look like a JV type of team. That's a good point for sure. Yeah. You, you're not going to be able to evaluate nearly anybody, but when you have a defensive line out there, right. And let's say Fletcher Cox is out of play, Brandon Graham's out of play, but you can bring Ryan Kerrigan in who, you know, is going to fit the front. Well, you know, he's going to defend the run. Well, you know, he's going to get after the quarterback. And when they're in the film room, and they're discussing that. It isn't the coach just hounding the young guys to do it right. It's Kerrigan saying, okay, I learned this from X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Brandon Graham, same type of thing. And when I look at it, when you have young guys that can be a good presence to other players in the locker room, and they're still young. I mean, 32 years old isn't old by any means. There's still sure. kids in the realm of how old you really are. They're still in the th- first third of their life. They can help that transition for a young coach as well because they're those on-field leaders, those in-the-locker-room leaders that the coach doesn't need to really say anything, and it doesn't just need to be Doug Peterson anymore. It can be those guys that now you have the Alshons out of there and you have a a more sound core, (laughs) I would say, from a leadership perspective and a a new regime in terms of your coaching staff and hopefully a new rejuvenated Howie Roseman to where you want this culture to be successful, signing guys like Ryan Kerrigan, drafting guys like Devonta Smith and Landon Dickerson. Those are all the right moves to do in this quote unquote rebuild slash retool that is continuing for another year here in Philadelphia and it will continue for the future. So to look at this as a band-aid quote unquote type of signing, I don't say that as much. I, I, I look at this more as when you, let's say when you're cutting your lawn, right? And you got to get some fertilizer. Fertilizer helps the grass grow a little more. Kerrigan is a fertilizer type of signing. He helps everybody in that building. He helps the coaching staff. He helps the defensive line. I believe he's on the same page as guys like Brandon Graham, him and Lane Johnson. I saw somebody tweet today that it would be great to see a buddy comedy of those guys after the years (laughs) of them going at it. Yeah. I think it's just a fantastic signing when it comes down to it because he knows the division. You know he's going to be juiced up for the Giants and Cowboys games, and you know he's going to be juiced up to go back to Washington. So look at it completely different than the Chris Long signings and the Elshon signings at the times and Torrey Smith's. This is a new type of signing to me, and I think like the Anthony Harris type of signings as well. Like You're doing it because you need to get a young group ready to be molded for the future. And they're doing it in a way where they're not bringing in questionable guys that, I mean, were cast offs on the roster. Kerrigan had to leave because of outside reasons. Anthony Harris was priced outside of Minnesota's market. They had young guys there. So they're doing it in a good way, in my opinion. I think Howie has made a bunch of good signings in this second, third week of May period. Once the free agents don't count towards comp picks anymore, multiple times in the past few years and it's not over Lou. I mean, they can still add some high quality guys that can help mold this team, like a veteran wide receiver, a veteran quarter cornerback, for example, it still could happen. It's a really good way to look at it. You know, I like looking at it as 
something that the, again, the veterans are part of the rebuild. And even if they're mm-hmm. not part of the core long-term, they can help the long-term core instead of just thinking of it as like a Bradley Fletcher stopgap until we find sure. our true cornerback or Kerry Williams, you know, the chip Kelly type bridge moves in 2013 and in 2014. Yeah. When you're look again, we predicted the Eagles, both of us said they would go seven and 10 mm-hmm. when the schedule came out last week. And, and what was the big at, reason for that, Lou? It was the two lines, offensive yep. line and defensive line. And you look at how great they are on both sides now, up front in the trenches. They're deep up front on both sides, especially they defensive two line and a half right units now. It's on both sides of the yeah, ball. Yeah, they're eight, they're eight deep. They're eight deep at. If you look at the defensive line right now, so let's just say hypothetically your starting lineup is, let's say, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Kerrigan or Derek Barnett. Then the other Mm. guy, let's say Kerrigan starts, Derek Barnett rotates in. You have Josh Sweat as well, who is one of the most efficient pass rushers on the edge in 2020 coming Mm. in. And then you also have... he did stand up in a two-point stance a few times, Lou. I'm excited to He has the athleticism to do that, the range to do that. And then you have Milton Williams, your third-round pick, who's kind of like that Charles Amenehu guy that can play Mm. inside and out. And we haven't even mentioned, like, we get all the way to the bottom of the list, and there's Hassan Ridgeway, who I thought was very efficient in snaps, rotating through the last two years so yeah i think it's going to keep them in contention and it's going to help them evaluate the rest of the roster because they're going to be very good at getting to the quarterback last year they were third in the nfl in sacks and i think their unit looks better this year so it's also going to help your cornerback group that right now is outside of darius slay almost non-existent i mean you have avante maddox zek mcpherson and not much else so the defensive line will help in that way as well the second and third level and i think it helps open up just so much potential for a lot of these other guys like Gennard Avery, who's in his first year of playing like that off ball position, right. will be asked to rush from the edge in that type of stand up role. Same thing with Josh Sweat. They like to get him in that stance a couple times le- the past few years. And you got have guys like Patrick Johnson, Teron Jackson. Those guys are super raw. I mean, the first guy up in all the individual drills at the edge, I guarantee will be Ryan Kerrigan. Like he is going to lead this group and you need it, Lou, because you can't be the Browns where it's just, okay, it's the blind leading the blind at that point. Like, you know, you have no hands on experience. It's like starting up a restaurant and bringing in 20 cooks that have never cooked before. Do you know, I'm ki- you're killing it with the analogies today. I'm friend. just trying to make it as easy as <laughs> no, possible because great. it might sound like it, it might seem like a small signing. But I was legitimately had like if you ask my fiance, I was I interrupted a conversation with uh, her. Her mom is visiting us, and I like freaked out in the middle of our conversation. They're like, "What?" I'm like, "This is a big move for this team because they are young, man. They're a young team, but they have to have leadership. Leadership is huge." And Nick Sariani is saying all the right things. They're making all the right signings. They're drafting all the right players. And you're actually building up a culture that I believe in, Lou. Like, I feel better about this culture now. Like, the last two years, it was like, they're still stuck in this Super Bowl. They, these guys still think they're the hottest things in sliced bread. It's like, mm-hmm. no, man, the NFL is changing year they're in still talking and year out. about their own quarterback. Yeah, it, this is, it's a young man's game, but at the same time, you have to have the guys that are going to make sure they cross all their T's and dot Balance is everything, Gino. I mean, it is. I love the Cleveland Browns reference because even after what they went 0-16, like if you look at two years or ago, the Jets last three year years too, ago, throw them in right. there. 
or even like the Carolina Panthers last year, there's these exciting teams on paper and they're super young, right? Like the Browns two years ago, didn't have a starter that was over the age of 30. And then that team only wins what, like six, seven games. You, you have to have a balance. Like, yes, when you're building long-term, you want a lot of those guys through the draft you have on an inexpensive four-year contract. You don't want to be built with a bunch of 34 year olds for sure. But you also, again, don't want to be built with all 23 year olds. There's a balance here and veterans still, play a role with a rebuild. And I think Kerrigan will be part of that. I just think again, one year deals is a little bit tougher because, but if you look at it in your view, it will help develop those other guys. 100%. Gino, I am, before we take another break, I am curious still long-term what the defensive end position holds because like outside of 2021, there are still a bunch of question marks. Derek Barnett's a free agent. And even if he has a big year this year, will the Eagles see that as just like a, you know, a contract year type of production? Like a lot of players, they have their best year in a contract year. Will they want to pay him open market money? You know, Ryan Kerrigan will be a 33-year-old free agent. Brandon Graham will be 34. I feel like Josh Sweat might be your only long-term piece that's guaranteed. So edge rusher-wise, I'm very curious to see what where the Eagles go next year. I really think that Teron Jackson and um, Johnson draft picks are exactly what they want to go to. They're not going to have that true like hand-in-the-dirt rusher on both sides anymore. They're going to have five guys up at the line of scrimmage time in and time again, and their base is going to be three guys on the inside more than likely. And does Derek Barnett fit that? That's what they're going to find out this year. Mm -hmm. And I like what they have youth-wise on this team. And moving forward, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Marlon Tuapalatu, who they drafted as well. They have tons of talent and depth, much like they do on the offensive side of the ball. They're drafting and adding guys with versatility, right? Guys that could play inside and out. So they're finding what these guys do well, and this is the year that they have to really solidify that because you're right, Lou. BG's gone after another year. Fletcher Cox could be gone at any time. Kerrigan's on the wrong side of 30. So after this year, what is set in stone? Yeah, This is the year where you really – we keep talking about the message of this offseason – has been kind of following the path and making party in the clouds so we can see the clearer picture here. We're going to continue to see what they value at that position moving forward. Is it going to be length and athleticism, like the Josh Sweats, the Teron Jacksons of the world, or is it going to be the high motors, shorter arm guys like the hmm. Brandon Grahams, Jannard Averys, Derek Barnett's? We're going to see, man. They got a lot of versatility, and yeah. I like what they can do moving forward, especially this year. It's going to be cool to see the interchanging parts, and I tweeted out today, if you want to get a look at like what they're going to do, go read Cody Alexander's book. Uh, it's called Hybrids, The Making of the Modern NFL Defenseman, and it basically talks about this odd front and how guys aren't really lining up as two inside, two outside anymore. It's mm-hmm. Multiple linebackers interchanging at multiple different gaps. That can right, it's not your this and only this now in the NFL. Yeah, You're not that's just why position. I think the good indicator of that has been the change from defensive end to edge because players aren't truly defensive ends anymore. They play the edge. And what do you do on the edge? You rush the quarterback. You have to drop out into the flat sometimes to cover a running back. You do multiple different things. You come inside and you sweep on the inside of the B gap sometimes and and some stunts. So you're doing multiple different things here. And to me, Jonathan Gannon, what he got out of Indy's line last year, especially with what they added in the offseason and how much firepower they truly had, I'm excited to what to see what they can get out of that unit. I'm very excited. 
it's 2021 is about finding out a lot of things It's about getting answers, I think yep. for the future. And so that's the thing. Veterans can help. But again, there is this balance talk. Like I also mentioned how mm-hmm. veterans are very important, you know, long-term still, you have to have veterans, but also you, you know, look at last year with Alshon Jeffrey stealing snaps away from Travis Fulgham. You want to make sure also though, veterans that, you know, like if you think a veteran, again, we talk about this one year deal versus like Rodney McLeod four year deal thing. If you know a veteran's not going to be part of your long-term future, you still have to make sure though, that they're not taking snaps away from potential long-term. Right. So again, there's that balance with everything. And I don't think Ryan Kerrigan is going to stop them from finding out anything about Barnett or sweat. But again, like look at that Alshon and Fulgham thing last year, just you got to be careful of not having that be in the way too, when your timeline more is long-term, but it'll be interesting to see what happens this year at the defensive end position and the defensive line in general is extremely deep. Are the Eagles done with Ryan Kerrigan in free agency? Are they going to make any more moves? Me and Gina will get into that coming up next in one more segment of this Monday edition of Locked on Eagles. If you want to bet on anything that the Eagles are going to do or any other team in the NFL, go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, which the playoffs kicked off yesterday. All three games went into overtime. Unbelievable. The NBA gets into their playoff games tomorrow. I know Lou has been catching some heat for some of his takes on the (laughs) NBA. So you could catch him and all the other NBA action on betonline.ag. And you could also get your UFC and MMA action as well. So before the next pitch or punch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at betonline.ag. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this final segment of Monday's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, recapping the Eagles' one-year deal with defensive end Ryan Kerrigan. Gino, again, we like to compare things to 2017. You look at after the draft in 2017, they brought in Chris Long, very similar to Ryan Kerrigan, timeline of where they are in their careers. And I thought Chris Long actually was better than what I thought he was going to be coming from New England. And I think Kerrigan is a better player right now heading into Philadelphia than Long was at the time. So they make that similar move. And we, we mentioned multiple times now already, LeGarrette Blunt they brought in at the end of the the draft process at the end of the spring too, because he kind of struck out a running back in that draft, right? You wanted Christian McCaffrey. He didn't fall. Delvin cook went, I think one spot right in front of you. So you went with Sidney Jones, you take Danelle Pumphrey that didn't really work out. So blunt was kind of your last ditch effort and it definitely panned out. And so it just shows again, like you said, in segment two, how he season is never over. This guy is, and this team is always looking to make moves. I do think there's more moves to be made and specifically at the cornerback position. Like we mentioned how the defensive line will help the second and third level, but you still just, I cannot, you can't go into the season with, you need more bodies. Like I'm not saying you're going to find your CD one of the future. Now in June, you're not mm-hmm. going to like Darius Slay's your guy, Avante Maddox and Zach McPherson, I'm sure will compete for playing time, but you still got to add somebody else. And so I think cornerback is the big move next that they got to get, at least somebody in here that has, you know, playing experience at the NFL level. 
Yeah, they had been rumored to be in the market for uh, Steven Nelson, so that's yep. kind of the age range I would Big kind one to of look for. Yeah. Um, there are other guys that kind of fit Jonathan Gannon's scheme a little more where you're playing more zone style, I would say. Player uh, who you're familiar with, Lou, from Buffalo, EJ Gaines. Uh, yep. He kind of fits that role as that second cornerback as well. Hasn't been the healthiest, but when he has played, he's done okay. I would look at another guy like Bashad Breland, who played big minutes for Kansas City. He's a lengthier type of guy, fits that mold that Jonathan Gannon really loves in his cornerbacks. There's a ton of, I would say, second and third tier talent still available at this position, Lou. And you had a guy like Jason Verrett, this or not Jason Verrett, what am I talking about? He already signed back to San Francisco, but a guy like EJ Gaines or um who else? Uh DJ Breland. Hayden still out there, Breland, Steve Nelson, like th- these guys were playing starting minutes for their teams last year. And simply because of this whole salary cap situation, you have the ability to kind of pluck these guys out for an Anthony Harris type of deal, a one-year $5 million deal Mm -hmm. that is a pivotal position on this team. And you need to do what you have done at the other positions at that position as well, Lou, because you're one snap away from Darius Slay being yeah. out and who is your top corner after that? That's what I'm saying is it might, it's right now it's Zach McPherson and it's Avante Maddox. And even after that, you need depth. You need a CB2 right man. now. You need a future CB1. And you have to have depth because last year when you cut Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas and you went with this quote-unquote positionless secondary, well, when you lost one or two corners, then you had to have safeties playing corner. You mm-hmm. wanted Jalen Mills to play a certain position, but you had to force him back to outside corner because you didn't have – any other bodies. So those are a bunch of names to definitely look out for. And then if you want like an upside guy too, that was a former first round pick, Gino, I think Gary on Conley is still on yes. the open market too. Mm-hmm. So that's a former first round pick that was pretty good in 2019. And so he's shown some flashes at the NFL level. So considering the Eagles timeline, that move makes sense. And again, I don't want to keep comparing it to a Super Bowl offseason, but in 2017, like moves just because things don't happen in the draft doesn't mean you're done adding talent. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can't find answer answers through other avenues. In what was it, August, right? The Eagles traded Jordan Matthews in a third round pick for Ronald Darby. And so I'm not saying Stefan Gilmore would be that and kind of move. And sign Corey but, Graham, baby. Right. What do you, right. you can't disrespect Corey and I think, Graham, bro. And I think, I think Patrick Robinson, too, was a later yeah, that, signing the, that year. That's the signing I'm thinking about when I'm thinking yeah. about all these cornerbacks, man. Like guys that came off that first contract or mm-hmm. their franchise tag, much like Anthony Harris has. Right. And are just looking for an opportunity to get back on their feet. And So who knows what signing, man, or, or trade. It doesn't mm-hmm. – I mean, you still have – what? We got June, July – August, you have three months still, four months until the regular season starts. So there's going to be more moves to come for sure. And I think especially at the second and third level of the defense, specifically cornerback. And then on offense too, like, you know, I think they're pretty happy with their receiving core right Mm -hmm. now. I think Nick Sirianni really wants to develop now. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. But I don't know. I think you could add another body there too. Like I heard Deshaun Hamilton might be available from the Denver Broncos. Towards ACL, dude. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Damn. I knew there was trade talks potentially for him. So yeah, but again, receiver, something to look out for too. The point is they're going to keep making moves here Mm -hmm. and, you know, training camp is still a month away. So uh, Ryan Kerrigan was the first one and I'm sure we'll be talking about more on the podcast. Yeah, man, like a guy like D.D. Westbrook, for example, like he's still out there. He still has a lot of athleticism, a guy that really didn't develop, maybe comes into a different staff and they're able to develop him. This is a time where you are looking for teams 
when they make cuts after their first and second round after once they make, or no, they only have the one round of cuts now, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, but yep. that's a whole nother period, man. That's free agency 3.0 because you have got a rosters from 90 to 53. That's what? 37 some odd guys that are hitting from every team. Do the math. There's so much talent that is going to continue to be out there, but you're not just looking at veteran guys. You're looking at that younger tier as well to see mm-hmm. if you can, Get an Anthony Harris type. Or who was the Vikings linebacker that they signed? Why can't Eric I remember? Wilson. Eric Wilson, for example. Yeah, that same type of thing. Guys that were role players. See if they could come in here and fit a role for you. And maybe not just for this year, but for multiple years. Because even though you have drafted, quote-unquote, well the last two years, and we'll see how this talent plays out, still a lot of question marks, man. Nothing's really etched in stone at this point. We're still figuring things out. So continue to add talent to see where you can upgrade because it's going to have to be continually upgrading after upgrade after upgrade for this team. They're not in a position where they were in 2017. This is a whole new thought process here for this rebuild. But at the end of the day, adding talent is going to be how you overcome this Mm -hmm. quicker rather than later. I just thought of Anthony Miller too. The Chicago Bears were shopping him during draft season. I'm not sure if the Eagles would want to do that. I think it would make perfect sense for him to compete with Quez and for Mm -hmm. in Hightower. I don't know though, because I do think they kind of want to run a committee in the slot, right? With Rager, Smith, Gainwell, Watkins. But that's another thing to keep an eye out for. Travis Fulgham, the big slot as well. So we'll keep an eye on it. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles. Gino and I are doing five shows a week, even through the dead zone of the offseason. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, at DBLC LOE. And again, you can find our show five days a week on any podcast platform. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.